Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for Season 18, Episode 5 of Happy Jugs RPG Podcast. And namaste. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Stork. Are you? Dave 77. <laughs> Gina. <laughs> you, did, you were trying to do that. I am Dave. Dave. Yeah. Dave K. Dave, Dave K. Dave. What's it? Dave the K. Dave K. I actually thought about changing yeah. it to the other Dave. The other Dave. <laughs> so that way everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Uh. In this episode of Happy Checks RPG Podcast, we're going to talk about coming back from a long break between games. Drail88 asked some GMing advice, for some GMing advice, I should say. Carlos from Brazil writes in with another take on social combat. Sergeant Dan writes in with lessons learned from the last Fear the Con, and that there's a Kickstarter for the next one. Mm. And uh, Daniel. Daniel responds to an email complaint about a drow ambush and asks a question about encouraging variety in RPGs. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on the tweeters. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. Um, this seems familiar. Did that drow ambush, is this a response to the it's other It's a response. Yes. Yeah. It's a response. It's a response. Because it's not like we haven't actually reprinted the questions from other shows a couple of times before. <laughs> I think that's only happened two or three times. Yeah, it's two, only two, two or three. three. <laughs> Considering it's been like seven years, it's not terrible. That's right. Uh, if you'd like to watch us live, you can watch us live after tonight, after this morning. It's going to be at Friday nights for the foreseeable future at, uh, what does that say, 8 p.m.? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Pacific time, Friday nights. HappyJacks.org slash live. That means we will be drinking beer and such. Yes. So By one of the reasons I moved it back because the last show was on a Friday night and it had a more a better vibe. I felt a better vibe. Because we were all awake. I think that's true. I think it is. It's, I think it's, that's it is. true. We need our alcohol to kind of really truly be happy. And it's it's a Friday night it's and Friday it's like night. oh the week's yeah. over yay uh, and yeah. Yeah, I don't have to set an alarm to get there. It's I really could be great. hungover the next day. <laughs> right, right. And um, after an hour and a half of a commute over here, I'm in the best of moods. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. uh, make sure you check our streaming schedule. It's on happyjacks.org. And uh, yeah, it changes. And all our games. We also have our Vampire the Masquerade game tomorrow. Mm. Yes, that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. One thirty p.m.? Yes, I believe so. Okay, Look at the we streaming need to, schedule. We, need to, uh, we should probably um, slack that to make sure... Tim okay. knows. Yeah, knows. Okay. I think he does, but just Ooh. in case. Uh, I would like to mention <laughs> EasyRollerDice.com has a Kickstarter for an adult coloring book. I saw that. It has, um, it's, if you search yeah. the <laughs> fantasy, <laughs> it's not that kind of adult coloring book. Hey, 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 Spencer Gifts has a lot of good things. That's <laughs> all I got to say. Just learn your anatomy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fantasy adult coloring book gaming art is, is what they've got it under. <laughs> So um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I think there's only like six or seven days left, and they're about at the halfway mark at this okay. point. Okay. I put in for I put in for the high high one because uh, they will you describe the character and they will give you like an adult coloring book portrait of that character. Oh my goodness! Oh. When you draw, of course. Who else? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Complete with stains on his t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> I also have a pitch. Real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, go. So for those of hi, so those of you who. Uh, <laughs> were part of JackerCon. You know that I ran uh, Masterpiece 77, and Masterpiece 77 was first uh, introduced 
at the uh, Strategic Con in Labor Game Day. Weekend. No, not Labor Day. It was President's Day. It was Game X, yes. Yeah. And actually, you know, Kimmy was part of that one, part of the Super first fun. play test for that. Yeah. So that is now available for uh, y'all at Drive Through RPG. Just look for Masterpiece 77 or Spirit oh, 77. Nice. You know. Game.com, you know. Go to it. That's there. It's uh, playing Shakespeare characters using the Spirit of 77 game system. Now, you're a very physical DM. How was your JackerCon experience being limited to being Oh, online? that's an interesting mm-hmm. question. Uh, not unlike when we were doing Bastards, is that I kept very uh, focused <laughs> and very uh, situated. The one thing seated. that was kind of interesting... <laughs> yeah. You had to sit and stay focused. seated the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> and the seatbelts you have on there is pretty good. <laughs> You know, it's like they pulled the bar down like when you're at the home. You remember to wear the Velcro. Pants. I did. Yes. <laughs> well, it was good. We only had to remind you one time. I was like, ready? Well, this and then was the was... first time I had the Velcro on the outside as opposed to the end. But no, it was actually, um, it was good. Uh, one of the things that's really different for doing JackerCon is specifically using Google Hangouts as opposed to using uh, what was used before when I've run online games for uh, or using Roll20. Is that Roll20, at least previously you could plug in the SoundCloud. They don't have that anymore. Apparently they lost their license, you know, to be yeah. able to utilize that. Oh so, really? Yeah. I, I didn't, mean I, I didn't know there was an interoperability between SoundCloud and them. It was basically you could run games and still like uh, you know the sound effects or music in the background. And a lot of people were using it for things like like a like tavern like music. music. Yeah basically stuff you know I wonder the, if the they adventure. I wonder if they were using an API and and yeah. SoundCloud looked at it and went there's a lot of bandwidth going out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, again, API, I don't know the whole know. specifics of it. They must have been using an API. That effect, mm-hmm. And it was a lot exactly. different because then I had to be you know, a little more focused. But that's also a good thing because then I'm not trying to do like five or six things at once. You know? mm-hmm. So it was cool. And so, yeah. Drive through RPG. And you, were, you had two games and they were all packed? and They were, yeah. Good. And it was... <laughs> I'm not going to mention names, but I had my first time where I had a, lost a player because it was too late and he had had a couple of drinks. And it was really funny because all of a sudden he just started... Really? Yeah. He just disappeared. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's happened to me too. The one great game I ran at JackerCon. No, but it was fun. I mean, it's like, you know, you've got to remember. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're you can done. have people that are like 9, 10, 12... Yeah. Time zones oh, yeah. away. He, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. He four only o'clock said it was like one a.m. two a.m. at probably his time. Like, that's fine. No worries, man. You. <laughs> I remember playing EverQuest once. We were on some long raid. With EverQuest, you couldn't just like you know raids yeah. were like an eight-hour event. And uh, somebody fell asleep at the keyboard. So of course you start putting things in caps, like you're shouting because it's all text-based. Like you're gonna when you wake shout up, it, they can hear it. Right, yeah. right. We're like, wake up! Like, what am I doing? Well, wasn't there something where you'd like? There's some something that you will do that will actually make the computer make a little noise. Yeah, you or make something. bells and things. So people were doing that. And then, yeah. <laughs> Long gone. All right. Eight so hours. Uh, oh, damn! I believe it's time for the tip of the week. It is. <laughs> And next week, you'll all be able to enjoy the soundboard again. Yay! <laughs> tip of the week! Yay! That's me. Um, so my tip of the week this week is um, when you are GMing a game, you want to make sure you're including everyone in the party. And so usually oh. you'll have a face character or a leader or something. So as you're con- kind of controlling those NPCs, like for if, if there's one person who's taking the lead on things, pull people to the front by having those NPCs dislike the face character of the group or not like them so that then they possibly or maybe there's a you know find a reason for them not necessarily to talk to that person so that you can then um, pull forward some other people in the group be like 
oh, you look just like my sister, and have them uh, trust that person. And I said, hate my sister. Well, yeah, or whatever it is. Like, or, you know, have them, you know, drawn to another character so that that character gets pulled kind of to the front. Um, and so that, that way the, the spotlight's a bit shared between the party. That's a good idea. That's good. Yeah. Should I, should I actually make a tip of the week? Yeah. Thing, yeah. Which I just um, use? The baby yeah. sound. Um, that sound. one was just fine. Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I, I'll use the baby. Sting. <laughs> I'll use the baby thing, and I'll pitch bend it to make. Why is a baby? Why is it a baby? Because it was and an everybody accident. Everybody right now listening yeah. to this is saying yep. in their minds, "Why problem make when, when you know?" Because no <laughs> the first time we did the G- the DM tip of the week, he went to hit play another thing, and yeah. he accidentally hit the baby. So then it just kind of became. The I, I was trying to hit crickets. Yeah. I think. Yeah, you think I believe. Why you believe? Why? Because you used to have that wonderful no sound where you did all the horns yourself, which I thought would have been perfect. Oh, that. Yeah. I might still have that. You did like four layers. That was like the the Happy Jacks tag news alert or something. This just in. It was like this has been a Happy Jacks media empire. That's that's still there. It's at the end of every show. Use that with the, one. With the horns and everything? Bam, 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 bam. It's bum, Happy bum. Jacks, though. Yeah. No, no, okay. Yeah. Because you used to and just it, do a... No, it was... It was so, back it was, with the comedic, yeah. infantile comedy show. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Oh, back then it probably yeah. wasn't Happy Jacks. All right. Oh, okay. Because it's not infantile <laughs> humor anymore. Topic. Oh, it was a funny show. Yeah. Topic. I wanted to talk about, and I don't... Topic. Coming back from a long break in a campaign. Mm. And we've done it different ways in the past. And I want to talk about what works and what doesn't. So you've, you've had, you, played, you played your last session. You did not, and caveat, you did not anticipate that there was going to be a long break in the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is something suddenly came up. Um, someone had problems or suddenly there was a schedule explosion and no one could make it for four or five months. So it's zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Whatever it is. When you come, another zombie apocalypse. When you come back to it, do you want to start right where you left off? Do you want to narrate out the events that would have happened and started a little bit later, or do you want to like go like way out, make new characters? Sure. That kind of thing. What is your what is your preference? I mean, and I'm talking like even if you have something like, um, I mean, maybe it's just a typical session. It ends with a fight. The fight happens. Everyone gets their treasure, and boom, you're done. Or uh, we go along, and there's a big cliffhanger. Well, I'm curious what you would describe as a long pause. Months yeah. and months. I would okay, say. so At not least, six I mean, weeks or. I, not I wouldn't eight weeks a time so. measured in months probably eight weeks no because that happens long. eight weeks that is happens not infrequently those yeah. six eight about weeks like this, the same kind of break that we had between the bastard games because we had that on Labor Day mm. and then we did that at the end of October three months that was that was two that was like two that was two mm-hmm. that's kind of on the inner edge of what I'm talking about I'm talking about to the point where and, and that actually that is a that is a good example because I could not remember much of what happened me either. From that game, and that's really the problem. Well, I let think. me let me preface this by saying, to me, it really depends on where you ended the last game. If you if you end the game like you do normally, which is and you get into the throne room, and the big bad looks at you and says, "I am no mere hedge mage," and we're going to end it, and you're like, "No, no," you know. So we want. I would like to pick it up. You can't just right. hand wave that. And you defeated him, and here's your stuff, and he's like, "No, no, no, no." We had a thing going on. We had plans. Mm-hmm. So 
in that case, I would like to pick up where we left off. Mm -hmm. If, however, you've just defeated them, the throne room, every, you know, everybody gets medals except the Wookiee, then perhaps, yeah. <laughs> then perhaps I wouldn't mind jumping ahead. So it really depended on where we ended the last game and how invested we were at that moment. One of the things that we did for the Bastards game is that because we ended it at the cliffhanger we did for the first session where it was the, the bomb in the suitcase right. and you open it up and that's where we stopped, one of the things that helped was when we started, you know, in addition to, like, uh, I, I think I had a brief recap, you know, that I discussed with the players and then mm -hmm. the, the stuff that we had on video, but also bringing down the scope of what we were starting with, saying, okay, you guys remember, you know, the, the, the dynamite. You may not remember all of it yet, but you remember there's this immediate threat that's having to be dealt with from the last game. And right. that was very clear in everybody's head. The lead-up to it, that kind of, <laughs> you know, expanded as we started going. And again, it right. was a period where we we're going, did we do this? Do we do that? Were their bodies still here? Yeah, but here? it did did allow us to be able to reintroduce ourselves to the characters and, and the situation. Right. And as we were going, it was a lot easier to go, oh yeah, now I remember this. We no, pretty we much that. picked up right where we stopped. Yeah. I was still, we, yeah. we, lights came up and I'm still standing in, in his suite with yeah, blood all over me. Yeah, you remember you killed him. You right. remember. Right, and that's spoilers. where. Spoilers, but he. <laughs> well, and he, they were all on the dock, right? right? And he was holding the bag. Yeah, and so the immediacy of where we started was a good beginning, <laughs> but afterwards it was like, okay, why did I kill him? You were Why are we in America him? again? <laughs> I, I think. I think but then it was a lot of, it oh, yeah. Right. on if you have recall, mm -hmm. if you have a record keeper or a note taker, or if you have audio, mm -hmm. um, and how invested, like Stork said, how invested people are in what's going on. Because you can pause for two months, and everybody knows what's going on, but the momentum has been lost, and maybe people do want to fast forward through that fight or that cliffhanger or whatever. Um, but I do think it's helpful to do some <clears throat> homework or... Uh, like, even if it's just a recap, before people show up at the table so it's not so cold. You know, like, you're just stepping in and you're expected to kind of pick, pick up right where you left off. Because it can kind of yes, that's be stale. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm wondering is if you ended something in a cliffhanger and, like, eight or nine months go by, or a year, yeah. right? Yeah. What would you guys think about taking that... Okay, we got to this, this spot. Yep. And now, uh -huh. okay... All of the same player characters, mm -hmm. sure. But now you're like destitute, living on the streets. <laughs> and then you do a flashback and, of what happened, and they can kind of figure yeah. out themselves. Yep. Everyone can kind of retcon at the table yep. how things transpired in yeah. such a way that you ended up in this position. Yeah, it doesn't good. necessarily have to be that yeah. specific thing, well, it, but something. If you want to, uh, that would take player buy-in. Oh, sure. I mean, you couldn't just. Yeah, spring I think it that out. depends on right. the enthusiasm of the people playing the game. Like, if they're like, "No, we're ready for this. I've been thinking about this on and off for Six months. eight months." Yeah. Right. yeah. Versus. Yeah, I'm you know disinterested. I'm sorry, well, Kimmy. I, I stepped all over you. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I think it also depends on how invested people are in the characters. Yeah. Like I think one reason that we had a little bit of trouble remembering in the Magnificent Bastards game is because we'd all only played those characters one session. Right. Where and I feel, retired. yeah, <laughs> where I feel like it's been years since we played the Inukai game. But if we sat back down, if we hadn't you know killed off all our characters, um, you know, to that first that first set of player characters. We could be those characters again immediately, right? And we—I mean, remembering exactly where we would have left off might have been a little bit of a challenge, but like we could step back into that immediately. Mm -hmm. And so I feel a lot of it just because we played that for so long mm -hmm. and we were all so invested in it. So I think that that's a—you know—like you were saying—that's a big part of yeah. 
how you can remember what would my character have done what was my character feeling it also depends on how well you know your character uh-huh. so at, at that you were playing and you were putting together such a good point because <clears throat> I that's why I was asking if you had a qualifier for how, how long between sessions because I think there are times that we have schedule issues with say just fast dominions mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you know that happens early enough in the campaign where I don't feel like I know my character that well yet right. so you know, you're sitting at the table and you're kind of trying to engage that part of your, you know, your player brain where you're like, okay, you know, who is this person again? What is she like? Yeah, what yeah. is she like? I What's ca- she going to do? I kind of wonder if when you're starting a campaign, if mm-hmm. you should play for like the first three or four sessions weekly anyway, regardless yeah. of what your schedule is going to be. Right. Because that, that really isn't, I mean, it takes me a while to yep. figure out yeah. who my character is. And I, I'm not the only one that does that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think if you played like three <laughs> sessions or four sessions, get an idea of your character and yeah. then switch to your every other week thing or mm. whatever it is. I think yeah. that might be a good and it's, way to do it. It's even less the, the hippie acting thing. It's about your power set and yeah. how to use it and the, 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 what the mood of the game is like too. All of that stuff takes a little while to settle in. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, I think, uh, like, like recently with the moat game, you jumped forward like a couple of months. Oh, I think almost a year. I think a year, and because yeah. we were kind of in between, we had just accomplished some yeah. nice stuff, and and that I didn't have a problem with that. No, and it was like it was a great. it was like a month or something that in between play or whatever, and it was sort of a nice time to sort of. It was a while. From between sessions, I think it was. Yeah, I but, think it was maybe a couple months. But in a case like that, <clears throat> I don't see a problem because we had already, you know, we'd all like sort of. Put, tied everything up a little bow, at least some of the some of the loose ends, and there were still some other threads. And and when you requested it, I I at least in my mind said, well, Stu has a plan. This is something he wants to do. There was nothing I had needed. There's nothing invest. I had no I had no secret plan set up. I'm like, sure, we can go. We can jump mm-hmm. ahead a year. That's not a problem. Yeah. And I think I think that's. I mean, I think all of these solutions that you said are good. You just kind of. You have to figure out what fits with your story. Mm-hmm. Like in that, like just like you were saying, you know, we'd hit kind of that endpoint. So jumping ahead, I think, was helpful because we were able to come in fresh. We didn't have to necessarily remember every little detail right. about what had happened. And you had made some big changes. You'd what? What, right. what do they call it? Um, declared praxis, I think yeah. it's called. <clears throat> so it's like okay. So over the over the last year, you've established your power base, mm-hmm. and, and, and we can assume things happened, right? But you got, and now we're at this point where okay, this is the new reality, and let's start on from that. And it seemed like a good point place to do it because there had been some dramatic changes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think that's great. Where um, I also you know I really loved when we you know back to the Inner Cry game, which I seem to be talking about a ton lately. I know. Sign, I know. yeah. Um, <laughs> Our characters are all still alive <laughs> on an island, yeah. right? Um, well, see, let, let, let me put a pin in that for one second. Let me just ask one question: okay. In the Inukai game, mm-hmm. would you rather play new characters a generation later who are going to find out what happened to the characters who were on their way to Death Island, or would you rather play the characters at Death Island? Tyler's not here. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Tyler yeah, talked everybody th- into going to Death Island, even though it was the wrong thing to do. And even I said so at some point in the game, I'm like, guys, this is complete, out, completely out of character. This is the wrong thing to do, but I don't want to split the party. So what I'm about go Death in. Island? I, are you missing? I actually said, I don't want to split the party because that leaves me alone on the mainland with all the Death Eaters. Right. And I'm like, so I'll go with you. And at that <laughs> but, point, yeah. once Tyler got there and realized it was the wrong thing, Tyler's like, I don't want to play this anymore. No, he didn't. <laughs> that's not what happened. We all really wanted to play, and that was the sort of the thing you're talking about. 
where all our schedules just got screwed over. I think it's because fair started. Yeah, fair started. So and so we were all really still into that game. We were having a great time playing each other's descendants, which is like the coolest idea. Um, And then just like real life happened, and then now Tyler moved away. And then, so I think I would feel just because of that, I would like to start with a new descendant character and go back and find out what happened to them. Okay. Because I feel I'm, like there's I really like my old character. <laughs> oh, did, did you, okay. <clears throat> what, what what about playing it so that you are playing that character, but he's well, no. You, what, Maybe you should let like the form and the listeners decide. Maybe. Uh, uh, I don't know. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> un- unpin your thought. Oh, okay. Did you remember it? <laughs> I, did this, I was trying to figure out what you were doing this for, and I realized, oh, she put a pin in it. No, I, I, no, actually, I think I was going to say, you know, I really, we were at such a, pl- you know, a, a place where it was a great, like, it was actually a campaign that came to a logical conclusion, which is sort of like a diamond in the rough. Like it never yeah. really happened. <laughs> Um, I still love you, Stu. Yeah. I don't want to talk. Oh, no, no, it's not you. I mean, I, just in <laughs> which, which the gaming are you talking community about? The, the in general. One. I'm the sorry, the first Inukai. Oh, the first Inukai. Yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it never happens with most players, of any GMs. Like, it's not like a hit on you. Um, but uh, so I think that was a really great way to, to then bring that back to life after we kind of wrapped up that, like, having them be, you know, the next generation right. is really cool. And I know a lot of people who really successfully win one campaign, you know, peters out or disappears or concludes or whatever. Creating, you know, using that same world over and over again is something that's very successful, and people really mm-hmm. tend to like that. Whole books like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Once, once people build well, their world, a, they just keep putting new stories. In I it. could see putting a pause accidentally or on purpose on a campaign, and then six months later, potentially not wanting anything to do with that campaign anymore, not because you disliked it, but there's always the oh. new shiny. Yeah, there's something different. Yeah, yeah, stuff people get excited about, so yeah. you can always just kind of reboot. Completely, depending on, like you said, how people feel and what they want to do, how yeah. excited they are about prospects. Yeah, I think it's something that you really have to discuss, like with your gaming group. Mm-hmm. To fe- what are the players feeling? What is the GM feeling? Is he or she tired of that world? Like, oh my god, I just ran a campaign yeah. for the last two years in that world, and I'm burned out in that world. Or you, you, you had a story arc that you know, yeah. that mm-hmm. s- slowly elevated to a, you know, a world cataclysm level. And it's like, where am I going to go from here with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I mean, I ran a, the, the GURPS campaign. I ran forever and ever and ever. It I, it it had an end point. Mm-hmm. We finished it. I was done. What was the genre? It was fantasy, GURPS okay. fantasy. And um, we finished the game. They killed the big bad guy, and they wanted to keep playing. And I'm like, okay. So I had to come up with <laughs> new stuff, and uh, we set it. I don't know, like a couple years in the future, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, and continued on, but it was a shadow of what that first game was, right. I think. I I was going to say that I, I think almost every time I recall being in that situation where we finish the major story arc. And you want to keep playing. And we want to keep playing. It's you just you're chasing that dragon, but you yeah. just don't get there. Yeah, and yep. we should have left it wanting more. Do you think that the whole setting in the future thing is maybe an easy way for the GM to sort of reboot, cleanse his palate, and then he's not beholden to the history that the characters made before? Well, he is beholden to the history the characters made before because that's part of the setting. But it's far no? enough back. That but it's now history, and yeah. he's. But at least 
It gives it. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a palate cleanser because it lets you. Okay, all your bad guys might be dead or retired now, so there's a whole new brand of bad guys. <laughs> Doctor Doom, my lumbago is terrible <laughs> right. now. I can't. Uh, I can't shoot force bolts like I used to. <laughs> right, Doom needs naps. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, it, it does. It does. It, it does kind of free things up a little bit and makes it maybe a little more interesting because it's not in the same state it was when the last session ended. I think. Mm-hmm. For me. I, yeah, I get that, and I've certainly read books where descendants or like people's neighbors are suddenly become like the mm-hmm. the next right focus of the next three books or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all still takes place in that world. I, but I wonder, really, I don't ever know a player saying, "Hey, can we can we go ahead two years? Can we just jump ahead two years?" It seems like that's almost a universally a GM thing because he wants to he wants to or they want to run another game, but it still use the world of things. So I think it's kind of starts from the GM's end. Right. Have, you ever, have you ever heard players go, No. this was a great game, let's jump five years in the future where we're all old right. and have walkers and keep going. <laughs> yep. No. It's, it almost, I much. mean, like for the vampire game, it's because there were events that probably would happen off screen that, have, that need time. That wouldn't have been super interesting to role play out necessarily. And, well, maybe they would be, but they're... they're for for them to to have to be plausible, a certain amount of time has to pass before they happen. Mm-hmm. And in our, I mean, the vampire game, it ticks along day by day. I mean, yeah. we get a lot done in every game day. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and look since we started playing until the get the jump, probably only like a month and a half has passed. Yeah, it's not much time. Well, yeah. and because vampires live forever. Yeah, and they can really saying. only be active for about eight to ten hours a day. You know, right. Not like us. You, so, could, you could stay up for 14, 15 hours. It's not a problem. But with a vampire, oh, they die. <laughs> no, you can. You can. You just have to you just have to, I think you have to spend blood and stuff to, in order to and stay it's awake. Hard. And, it's hard. And, to do. Yeah. And be away from the sunlight. Yeah, I mean, really, having to plan I mean, your day around not ever seeing daylight is very... Wait till, wait till one of your lairs gets attacked. Yeah. And then you'll have to look at those rules and go, oh, there are rules in here for waking up in the middle of the day. Okay. I think or, we did that at one point already. When nope. Somebody tried it. No. Nope. I don't think so. He's been keeping track. (laughs) (laughs) No, there was a there was a point where you were where you realized that there was a possibility of that happening. Oh, so we looked up the rules. No, No. so you like that's when you started stayed away from your buildings for a long time. Oh, because with the vampire hunters, you didn't know where they were. They're obviously mortal. They can come out in the daytime. They know who you are, right? Or at least you suspected they knew who you were. You know. It brings up another interesting thing from the player's point of view, because basically this happens day after day after day, but sometimes there's weeks, maybe even a month in between games. So, like, I had to leave because I was working. I had to leave for, like, right. two game sessions. And it, in real life, it was about two months. Right. But in game time, it was only two days. Yeah. And we treated it like I was gone for two months. Because yeah, the player did. was right. gone for two months, and yet in game time, it's like, I've been gone for two days. You guys are, like, you know, living in yeah, a it's cave. It's probably four a, days, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was... A, it was it's a whole different kind of reality. We have to sometimes remember that game time and real life are separate. Yeah, basically, I, you yeah. got sent to the mainland for, for two, almost two three days. For almost a half week. a week. Yeah, half a week. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> voted off the yeah, I was, I was voted off the island for like four days. And then I come back and everything's hell, but we but we played it off like I was gone for six months or something. Because, right. <laughs> yeah, if it's a weird disconnect. So I can see how sometimes jumping into the future, if it's been a really long break, is a... Everybody's just ready for that. It's like, yeah, it's been a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, urgent jamming advice from Drail88. Haven't heard from him in a long time. Uh, greetings, Dr. Stuchenstein and his jack o' laughers. 
that's a new one. Is there a website out there where they're just yes. coming up yeah. with new yeah. things? It's a, it's yes. a, there's a random generator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, someone needs to make that right now. I think they have, because every one of That'd these be has awesome. been different every time. If this reaches you on or by or shortly after Halloween, wah, wah, I hope you will <laughs> or did enjoy your holiday. I am in need of your wise and sagely advice, so I will be brief. I want. I was recently invited to GM a group, a new group of friends. They consisted of one girl who is eager to roll dice but is lackluster in role playing, and is also really quiet. One guy who is just a chatterbox outside of character, and an immature brat in character, who is only there because he is the girlfriend's roommate. No relationship going on. One more guy who is as awkward and jarring in character as he is out and won't <laughs> shut up when other people are trying to role play or make decisions. Hmm. And one more girl who is that guy's girlfriend and she is only comp- she is the only competent player on the field. All right, for breaking the girlfriend trope. <laughs> yeah. You actually are <coughs> just take a break here for a second. So what I found interesting is that he says they consist of one girl who is eager to roll dice. So it doesn't mean that she doesn't role play. Or let me phrase that: she is willing to take actions. You know, she's willing to get involved and mm-hmm. do stuff. But she's not the the social interaction type of person, right. which is still pretty strong. She's, power she's willing to. Yeah. But hey, it could be, uh, or at least being. If you're willing to roll dice, that does mean that you are willing to have your character. At least you're engaged. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, just, like, well, I was just going to bring up some examples of people that, that we know, and I, I, was, I was hesitant whether Justin, to use them. Justin, you look down. That's perfect. After spending all day trying to write up D and D character sheets as per their request, mm-hmm. I said "fuck it" and told them we were doing a homebrew, rules light, easy to understand game, and they've been on board so far. But it feels like I have four people who are the spirit children of Stork. <laughs> Because every single session, one or more more of them rolls, them roll crit fails in the worst possible ways. Already, we've had someone nearly snap his neck, and another one set off a flare in the middle of fireworks building. (laughs) Why would they? Why were they setting off flares? All right. No, no, it was a crit fail. You're like, what? What do you? They couldn't see. All right. Light a match. And this is all from the player-on-player player action. Ooh, My problem is action. not only am I having to keep four storylines going in the same general path, no matter what I dangle in front of them, one will bite and the others will cause trouble elsewhere. I'm dealing with people who do not want to follow a lead. They want to play in a sandbox and have given, and, and have given me stuff, given, and, and have, have me, me give, give them stuff to do. That's no sandbox. And they want to do this every night. Somehow I managed to find four adults who want to stay up until 3 a.m. every night and fuck around. (laughs) After day nine, I said, I need some time to come up with something else and more than a day to regain my mental faculties. Okay, every night. I know. I didn't think he was being literal until I kept reading. That's what I was doing. And I was like, whoa. You can't play every day. You, no. can't play you know what I suggest you do is uh, after game nine, you jump ahead two years. And, <laughs> you need a refractory period yes. after yeah. a game session. You can't, not every night. No. <laughs> Maybe when you're young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do I do? Do I go on, do I go iron hand? 
it's beautiful. <laughs> and say this is the path they must take now. Uh, do I let consequences fall when three critical fails happen in a row and a guy lands on his neck from a two-story drop? How do I run a game for people so thirsty for it that they clamor at me every night? Sorry it took... <laughs> Sorry this took so too long. Take a drink. Hope to hear from you all soon. Isaac, Drail88 on the forums. P.S. Arbitrary P.S. <laughs> is there is there such a word as too much of a good thing? Doesn't that kind of seem what, like, what this is? That's a good phrase. And if you're playing... Why problem make when you know problem have all you the don't time, want to make? <laughs> there's going to be some crit fails. There's going to be... And it, yeah. it's just going to... I mean, the, well, the chances are that it's, it's every night. Something bad's going to happen more often than if you're playing once a week, once if, a month. If he has, if they're playing, if it's a homebrew, you might want to look at your probabilities and how criti- critical that's, fails happen. That's true. Mm-hmm. You, may, you may, they may be happening too frequently. Like if you two yeah. d six and you roll a roll a two, you get a critical fail. That's like one in thirty six. It's not as bad as the D and D level, but it's still Belker. pretty frequent. It's a V. But I think you've been messing with dice mechanics recently for well, your game, so well, you're yeah. up on this stuff. Yeah, but I don't. I you're going to burn out. Yeah, if you're not it sounds already. like he already did. You, you, yeah, you need time to be able to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and one day isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I part of what he seems to be saying in this uh, in, in his letter is not just the fact that it's going every day. But it's really the fact yeah. that it's like, you know, th- this is like, uh, you know, improv jazz where everybody's, you know, it's every day and everybody's going in every possible direction. You know, one player's going path A, one player's going path B, path C and D, and none of them kind of correspond with one another. I mean, they're breaking up the party just by their right. actions. So mm-hmm. it, that makes it harder to say, okay, we're going to play every day. But it's also the fact that, as I get from the email, that he is... Not just playing every day, but he's like writing out four story or, or developing four storylines every day. Yeah, which four, is part of he's the having run four separate threads. You know right. what he's doing? He's jamming a Marx Brothers movie. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever notice how the Marx yeah. Brothers are never all together? They're all together for like one scene, and then they in scatter. the very beginning, and then yeah. it's the very end, and that's it. <laughs> right. And then Groucho's off doing something brilliant, and maybe Chico and Harpo are like you know climbing around stuff and falling into things, but. This just sounds like what he's doing. He's having to like, okay, well, wait here. You next. You next. Okay, and then back to back to Groucho. And it sounds like they're all kind of clowning around a bit too. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe part of the thing is that they they are they're taking a dig at you. They're like, all right, GM, this one. I'm going to go and light the bakery on fire. Aha. It it sounds to me like they are not necessarily taking advantage of you, but having. Having a great time at your expense. Right. Well, you know, I really like one of the suggestions you came up with yourself in your email. You know, it says, uh, do I let the consequences fall when three critical fails happen? Yes. Yes. You let that guy break his neck and, you know, what happens after that. And then they'll be more careful. Like, you know, those consequences. I'm such an assistant principal. (laughs) Those consequences are important to keep those players. Especially three in a row. (laughs) Yeah. like One, maybe you can hand wave it. Just one, two, three. I'm like... Dude, you're dead. Right, and well, especially <laughs> if like if the players are being careful and they're trying and they're doing all this stuff, and mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe letting something slide. But if they are doing all this stuff, they're like defying the laws of physics and falling off buildings and not breaking their necks. Like, let it happen. Like, I wonder. It's meant to happen. If they roll three crits, I wonder. Crit two, fails. two things. One is if there are interparty relationships that are established, mm-hmm. and if there aren't. That would seem wise, like some bonds oh, sure. or ties or, mm-hmm. 
you know, even rivalries or whatever. But um, I was also thinking, you know how, like, studios, TV show, you don't have a lot of money, what do you do? You do either a flashback clip show or you do a <laughs> bottle show, right? Right, all right. So where everybody's in an escape pod and they are in the same set the right, entire... Yeah. So the like you do an escape pod set. episode where... Everyone's stuck in an elevator. Everybody's... <laughs> yeah. Where... Or an escalator. You have your four characters that have to engage with their environment, but the environment is really limited, so they have to engage with each other. Right. And you kind of maybe keep control over four people wanting to go. They can still want to do four different things, but they can't really escape the reality that they're mm-hmm. bound together. Uh, I had a question for, for Stu as my default GM partner on stuff, that if you had a, a situation where all of us were at the table and you know two of us are going into the town and I say, you know what, I don't want to do that. I'm going to hop on a horse and, and ride to the next town. Do you feel that you are obligated as the GM to cater to my variance as a primary or with the same kind of priority as Stork and Kimmy going into the town and face in continuing the narrative? I'm gonna generally I'm gonna give first off, I think in most cases, and this is something that he might want to consider doing, I would say, do you want to split the party to that extent where you're actually going to go to a different city? Or or at this other Action, right. 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 Well, if it's, if it's something, little splits, that happens all the time, and that's that's fine. But if like a major split or, or something where all four players are going to all go in different directions, I think I would say something and say it makes it a little harder to, to handle the game. It makes it a little, it means more downtime for everyone at the table. Um, but what I normally do in a situation where it splits off like that is I go with, I mean, I divide the game time up. There's four players, 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. Mm-hmm. So if these three people decide they're going to go to town A and you're going to go to town B, they're going to get 75% of my time. Absolutely. Fair enough. And if I'm here. bored, then that's that, that's my Your bad. Your decision. Yeah, I have chosen <clears throat> to be bored because I am... And this actually kind of gets to a, 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 a philosophical conundrum that I sometimes feel is that as a player, you know, I am... And, and I, I'm being philosophical about it. I don't know if there's really a right or wrong answer about it. But it's as a player, if I sit down at this table with all with, with you guys and you, that I am making a bit of a agreement that I want to be part a social of contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I hate to use that because that you know that means we've used it before already though. It's, it's so well, I'm afraid to say it because you know it says that oh well I'm taking away some of my agency. Well, I still have my choices, but I by sitting down have made a choice to say we are going to be playing a game together, mm-hmm. right? right? And even if I decide you know I'm going to go to that other town because I think that's what's important, that's cool. But I'm also as you know on a, as a player level saying I want to see where we go with this. You know when I'm a GM, I don't have a problem splitting the party. You know, mm-hmm. and I like going back and forth, but I also believe very strongly that it is at some point as the GM my responsibility to bring the party back together. Mm -hmm. Not because Mm -hmm. of the plot line and not because I'm railroading, but because it's the social contract to say, okay, these players are going to be involved and they will have a better time if they are involved as opposed to you know, everybody, you know, the Marx Brothers situation. Because then they're enjoying it because they're getting to run roughshod over everything else and, and experience, you know, the fact that they can bounce off, you know, three-story buildings and survive, but you know, you're not developing the game. You're not developing your storyline. Not really. And so it's that kind of balance. 
that I'm not 100% sure how to articulate. No, I I think you did a good job. I think that is part of it. Um, But I do think there are, it doesn't discount the fact that there are times people are going to make those choices in character. But I I absolutely agree with what you're saying. If you're agreeing to sit down with four people in a jam to play a game, the majority of the time you're in the back of your mind is, I am playing this game with my friends and Mm -hmm. we're doing this thing. So I'm not always going to be like, my character wouldn't do that. My character is a lone wolf. My character is always going to be by themselves. I said earlier, I just did that with the Inukai game, the Inukai 2. We were, we were out on the docks, and it's going to be like a three-month trip to this Lion Island, right? right. Or the, or I whatever. don't want to go. And I, like, I don't want to go. And I said, but... I don't want to split the party because that leaves me alone. Yeah. With a, it's like a three-month journey or something. Or I, don't remember, journey, I don't remember. Something yeah, ridiculously absolutely. long. It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, you overnight and come back. No. Yeah. Well, and, in that situation... You pick your battles. And I said, yeah. I'll go with you because I don't yeah. want to split this party. And then it leaves me alone with all of the zombies. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> I, but I... It was very metagamey, but at that point, I, I played that card. All right, we're in this together. Yeah. Um, so if, this, so his vampire character is really just yeah. vengeance for all of that, like <laughs> playing along, being a good player. No, I, I'm just girl. teasing. I, every time I read about gangrels and playing the guy. <laughs> well, my question is, if you had said, "I my character is not going," would you have felt comfortable if Stu had said, "Okay, your character is basically opting to leave the party. This game is going to be based on a party. Would you feel comfortable join, playing a character that will join the party, and then you switch characters?" Uh, would that be a better option? I, I'm asking. That would have been maybe the only other option. Mm-hmm. I mean, or the other option is like, uh, I'll call me back when they get back to the mainland or something. Right. But I didn't want to do that. And we were quite literally like an hour or two in. And I'm like, I'm not, sure. I'm not ready to just yeah. leave the game right now. Mm-hmm. It was a choice that I made. It was very metagamey, but it you know, maybe was the wrong choice. If I had stayed on the docks, we could be playing that game again with that character. Um, maybe we could no, work on it. No, because... Uh, Tyler's still be gone. Uh, we yeah, can't. We'd have, well, we'd have to make a new new people. But uh, yes, and I, I know what you're saying. Now, maybe maybe there is a solution that he hasn't, or maybe he's tried this already. But it sounds to me that maybe part of the problem is that all these players don't have enough in common to help each other. Mm-hmm. That goes back to what Gina said: mm-hmm. having them have some kind of connection with each other, or at least a common goal. Like the big bad is taking one of the guy's sisters and the other one is take uh, and another one has his spirit of destiny missing and the other one has a family heirloom that's gone. It's all done by the same guy. So they all yeah. have a reason right. to want to work together yep. rather than I think that's what they just said. Okay. Okay. Well no, well, I mean that's <laughs> No, but reinforcing that yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah that exactly. it kind of forces at least that as part of the decision making process. Because I, I took your comment as making sure they all have something in common together. Like this guy's this guy's nephew and this person was dated that person. Just something to bind them. Well, mm-hmm. the the first Bastards game, you know, everybody was coming from different player uh, environments, right? And because it, they were pregens, everybody had their own, you know, setups. But everybody was brought together by the fact that they were inv- or, or had received the telegram from the Pinkerton fam or Pinkerton Detective Agency, and all everybody was forced to work together because of a common thread that brought them together, which later determ- or, or developed into a common antagonist to the players, right? You'll notice, though, that everybody tends to want to do their own thing. The only thing holding them together is that they try to get their paperwork. Yes, and or whatever their goes away. Right. I don't well, know. I, I think that, you know, if you guys keep getting screwed over in the Masters <laughs> game, I really, I have a folder where it's like, if they decide to go to Chicago, where it says, basically, I, and I, it says very clearly in my notes, if they go to Chicago, you know, to go after the Pinkertons, this is going to be a combat game. Yeah. Because okay. you guys are not going to like, you know, we'll, 
we're just going to do some investigation. No, if you're going to there, and that's totally your choice. <laughs> well, if you go there, I know like somebody is going to be going home in a box. <laughs> and or, at least, you know, because of way Bill says, hmm, I think I need to en- enact my my special ability, right. which is and you die, and you die, <laughs> and you and you there and I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that that is something that could happen. Well, I think that's also a good example. Did you want no, to go? Ahead. Okay. Uh, because I think because it was designed to be a con game. It was designed to be a one, maybe two episodic thing. So I think because I feel at least for my character, like at this point, like there is a little bit of me that's like, okay, I want to like as a player. I'm like, I think that Irene by this point would be like. See ya. Like obviously we're not getting paid. Like I'm heading back. That's where my character's at. It's like yeah. if they're gonna give me dynamite <laughs> instead of money, are they really gonna give me the information I want about the girl? Yeah. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? So I think there's a I mean well so I think that I, I think that's a good example both ways. Mm-hmm. Like there was a great start that like was uh you know something that bound characters that had nothing in common together and you did a great job of having specific links between certain ones of us. But I think that's also a great example of, especially when you have a you know a party of ne'er do wells. Like it's always hard to get their loyalties in the same place. Um, over time, like that can get harder for characters. It's been interesting, and this is a tangent mm-hmm. as a GM and as a and as the story writer for it, because you guys are ne'er do wells. You guys mm-hmm. are, you know, the whole game really. Wo- or one of the the premises of it was could a group of bad people be brought together and what would happen mm-hmm. you know how you know it, it's a challenge for me to say how do I keep these folks you know you know group them together and see what will they do well, and they're all a collection of solipsists lone wolves I mean Jack the Ripper worked alone kind of thing and they're all kind of like that they're like no no I don't have a partner they don't hang around very long or mm-hmm. I kill them or, you, or you're not used to having a, a partner you're used to having lackeys right yeah. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the premise had started off as basically, you know, as I said, it was uh, a little league of extraordinary gentlemen, but also yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Right. You know, it was to say, okay, how can I bring people who are not good people together to do something? Mm. You know, a great example of that is Murder by Death. Yes. In the movie Murder by Death, there's all of these famous detectives who would who all work alone, mm-hmm. except for the husband-wife team, mm-hmm. who all work alone, and how would they? And why would they all get together in one place? And it, it's a it's an outrageous. Over the top, perfect for a Dave Kong <laughs> <laughs> premise. Neil Simon did that, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, ostensibly, everybody has a connection and a reason for being there that's attached to the one guy that brought them all there. And it comes out through the course of the movie. But they all have a connection to that guy. Mm-hmm. That's why they're there. They're mm-hmm. there for themselves. They're not there for everybody else. And even through the course of the movie, they still have kind of a hard time working together. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way the Bastards game is, too. And maybe that's what needs he needs to do, or Drell needs to do with this game here, is give them all mm-hmm. that connection. Reinforcing right. one well, more time. What you were, yeah. I would also posit that there are s- certain systems where doing four different characters, doing four different things are easier. Mm-hmm. Is easier mm-hmm. than... Like what? Uh, I would say an Apocalypse Engine game, an AE game, would be easier than a D&D game, because you're not sitting there. You might have your yeah. fronts and your... But you're not sitting there going NPC stats, NPC stats. No, I actually agree with you because I, I was in an a- AP game with Mike Mike Rogers or whatever, who's a GM at the, at the con, and that basically happened. There were four separate people, and it took us a while even to get to one place. But he would go back and forth, and we were ostensibly all doing separate things. But he managed to bring it all together. That's the interesting yeah. thing about the Apocalypse Engine: the GM is to really be on it, but he's able it's to tie all these together. It's still creatively a burden. Yeah. like you're still it's exhausting. Like doing, but but it's less <laughs> yes, yes, it mechanically. Is. <laughs> Cuckoo. 
What were you going to say, Stu? Uh, he should tell the players, you know what? It's really kind of a drag when you guys are all separated. <laughs> That's it, too. Because it makes it really hard to jam, and I'm starting to not have fun. And, and I'm going to be doing this every friggin' day. I have all this wonderful stuff for you, but you guys don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or just say, just let me know. You guys just stick together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how to play Or character, you flat out say, okay, you guys want, if this is your style of gaming, that's fine, but we're not doing it every day. Right. And then, yeah. you yeah. know, that's the cost. It's like Good you point. can either go four different directions or you give me more Once a week. prep time. That there's right. no yeah. in between. Yeah, I can't imagine running the game every day. <laughs> more on social roles from Carlos in Brazil. Who would like to read this? Oh, Are we getting tired of the social roles? No. <laughs> uh, well, he had something to say and he had something interesting. Oh, that's yeah. fine. No, no, I know. I'm just. Uh, All right. From Carlos in Brazil. Hi, Stu and the crew. Carlos from Brazil once again. Hi, Carlos. About the last discussion about PC versus PC interaction and player agency, I believe that we quite agree in the general sense at least. So this email is to put a stone on it. First. Is that like putting a pin in it? No, it's opposite. Yeah, uh, basically, it's done. Okay, a right. gravestone. Oh, this is the rock. <laughs> this is it. This, this is the rock. Until you can start- smell <laughs> what the stone is cooking. <laughs> or is this the beginning of stone soup? <laughs> Go ahead, I'm trying to. All right. First, after I mention uh, the roles in Persuasion, you, Stu, mention that you are bad in tactics. So you yes. could roll tactics and win combat, right? No. Oh, wrong. Well. As straight as a single blow in a combat situation in a PC versus PC will not decide the combat. One attack and the other defends. One will do damage and then the other does, and so on. A single tactic roll will not win a thing. Not that easy. Right, I have thoughts, but never mind. Um, But surely, can you uh, give advantages from the GM? Even you, Stu, being a terrible tactician, can be graced by the good tactician's role with a knowledge about enemy tactics, positioning on the map, weak points, etc., that you can guide your decisions and moves. So, where do we agree then? I'm not in favor uh, to, uh, in favor to a single persuade or bluff or whatever social skill to decide all without good role-playing arguments. The same as flanking an enemy or being on higher ground, as Ben Kenobi could say. <laughs> I have the higher ground. Uh, <laughs> can give you advantages. Role-play is, uh, is the fun and the source of a lot of laughs. I asked for the arguments before a roll, and the, the, the dice will give the ran, randomic flavor. Ran- randomic? Randomic flavor? Ran- randomic? Random flavor. I like randomic. It's fancy. Um, I will give a funny story, a real one. Uh, in one of my campaigns, a long one, about 20 years running it. Oh, wow. So clap. Bum, 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 bum. 20 years. We're not going to live that long. God willing. (laughs) (laughs) In a situation of epic D&D characters, level 25 or so, encounter a group of other PCs from another campaign that I ran, but they were like level 4 or something. (laughs) That was part of the arc, and it was not uh, not to turn into combat or anything, but some tension. Each player has two PCs at the moment, or at that moment. So, the scene, the lower-level group were crossing a canyon as this epic level approached with a mass fly from the big badass wizard in the whole group. The lower-level ones looking up as they hear Wagner's ride... Wagner's ride... Wagner. 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 Whatever. Ride of Valkyries. I'm reading the email as he wrote... At that very moment... You haven't seen Apocalypse Now, have you? No. Or a Warner Brothers. Movie. Well, no, I've seen those. <laughs> those I know. No, you did. You ever yeah. seen Apocalypse yeah. Now? How come it's? You should watch Apocalypse Now. It's fantastic. The Warner Brothers. Okay. 
The Werner Brothers. Brothers. It's the Werner wow. Brothers. <laughs> the Vakowski Brothers did the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You should see Apocalypse Now. And it's, it's Walter a fantastic film. Okay. Fantastic. Go see Park. Every time I think of that, I always think of Bugs Bunny and like the. the And I think the director's (laughs) just a Bugs Bunny version of Apocalypse Now is pretty darn good. No, no, no. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, the Valkyries. That would be also probably good. Are you an assassin? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a soldier. One day, this war's going to (laughs) end. Daffy Duck is is Colonel Kilgore. Right. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. There you go. Were you were you reading a, a letter, Kimmy? Yeah, Sorry. it's fine. That's <laughs> right. okay. I started turning you out. It's fine. That's right. All right. <laughs> um, at the uh, where, where was it? Oh, at, at that very moment, moment, the bard has the brilliant idea to try and distract the wizard, saying that there are no that they are no threat, and they all got and they got all wrong. So he decides to roll nothing absurd. So I said, unbelieving a chance at fail to the wizard uh, to do a contest, a natural one came. Terror in the face of the wizard's player, with a sarcastic smile, just said to him, Now you roleplay it. Looks reasonable with what he's saying. And it was a social role interaction that would never happen if we just roleplay and no dice were rolling. So, all right. Yeah. Last but not least, Stu, you said that if you went to a car sale and did not want to buy a car that day, there's no way the salesman could convince you. I disagree. I know a lot of people that enter a store to buy candy and come out with a new TV. Maybe, indeed, you would not buy uh, it that day, but maybe it would make you think about it and return the next day. Were you not persuaded? Good influence can change minds. Marketing, a political campaign, and can do a lot of stuff. Whoever bought anything under impulse and regrets after. That's not the same as being persuaded. An impulse buy is not the same thing. That's true. I mean, an impulse buy... Mm -hmm. Well, it can be, mm-hmm. but an impulse buy can also be. Oh, I'm going to go to the game store and see if there's anything new I want, mm-hmm. or or walk and go. Oh, look, there's that thing. I've always wanted that thing. That's entirely different than having someone talk you into buying something. Right. If you go to Best Buy to buy a game and you see a TV and go, oh, I need, you know what? I need a new TV. That's right. And those are cheap. But what is one well, thing as opposed to if it's to, on sale? Isn't that persuasive? Yeah. Well, it's another thing if another guy goes, "Hey, have you seen our That's new why TV? Let me, let me give you." I think what, he, how many what t- he's meaning is how many following times, an impulse. How many like, times in a game? Are you guys trying to persuade an NPC to do something that's in their best interest? Never. No, must not. Okay. So if I go in to buy a TV and it's $400 cheaper, and I'm going to need a TV anyway, am I being persuaded to buy the TV because now I'm saving $400? Kind of, maybe. No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, think that's the same thing. Way. I don't think that's the same That's how thing. I buy things. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, but oh my gosh, that's $20 cheaper than it was last time I was It's finding a way to appeal a to something with you, yes, though, which is what, what is. social mechanics can do. Absolutely. I'm going to intimidate you. I'm going to coerce you. I'm going to charm you. I'm going to have a giant I'm sales to, sign in the window, yeah. 20% off yeah, all yeah, shoes. So. That doesn't. Next time, I'm walking to an inn, and that and that ale has to make a a, a roll to uh, to entice me for it. I'm, gonna, I'm leaving. I am not interested in you. I'm like, oh no, the ale actually now makes a persuade roll, and it's on sale, so you buy it. Oh. Ale wins all ties. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but all right. It, it just it, it, the ale tricked me. <laughs> it said, "You want me?" and I said, "Yes." Right. It's it seems to me that. It, you can't just go up to someone and get them to do something that's not in their best interest by simply talking to them. You you can because what you okay some people maybe right. But what you can do is 
and there should be role play. I'm not uh, advocating for, I, I am really hard and persuade, so I'm going to roll this and I beat you or whatever if there's a will save or something like right. that. I, I'm not advocating for that, but I'm saying if it comes to there's a compelling role play and argument or whatever, and it comes down to, because this is, we're specifically talking about PvP stuff usually, right? Yes, yes. Um, I think then what it is is a question of, I succeeded in that role. What is it about my argument, or what what do you see in my argument? Hear from me, see in my presence, whatever that that gets you to start thinking you agree. You're, you're That's exact, what it we're is. exactly on the same page. Okay. It, it, I think if 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 I'm trying to convince someone to do something that is against their best yes. interest, right? Go up, talk to them, get to know them, find yeah. out something about them, make my role. Yeah. That role tells me, oh, if I want that person to. Agree. Go yeah. do this th- thing X. I'm going to have to take one of their kids hostage. Yeah. That's how I'm going to get them to do it. Yeah. Or, just, or, or whatever level between the that and okay. asking nicely. Is, yeah. Or you know just what I mean? find a way to make him think it's in his best interest. Going back to your May, cars. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's va- I mean, that's basically what sales are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's like, hey, you can get this thing that you wanted and it was too expensive. You weren't going to buy it. But now you can buy it without the guilt and without your husband being upset at you. And Right. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to your car sale story. analogy. If you're stepping on in the car lot, you're in, even if you're saying, no, I'm just looking, you are making that comp. You are saying that you are in the interest of a new car, Right. Not 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 necessarily because but why I've, would you be there? I've gone to car lots with other people who are looking yeah. for cars. Okay, no, that's fine. But you are you are not going to it. You are going along with sure. somebody, which yeah. is yeah. a little bit different. So, and again, I'm or if I if I'm going to use the bathroom, right? You no are. one's going to talk me into buying a car if I'm walking along the street and there's no no bathroom nearby, but there's nothing but car dealerships. Unless Studebaker Road over in Long Beach, right? Or, but what if they have restroom for customers only? Well, then I'll pretend I'm a customer. <laughs> All right. I will make my persuade roll. <laughs> but, but here's a way of looking at it. It's saying, okay, you're on the lot, and I'm trying to convince you. It, using the persuade roll, it's not necessarily me being able to automatically, but me getting leverage on what is driving you, yes. and then having to do the work of doing the persuasion. Right. But it's like me making the references. So I hear, you know, I hear you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, I can tell by the little dance that you're doing. So why don't we take a look at the new Ford Aerostar? <laughs> a great example of that, and also ties in with what Stu said about making convincing somebody to do something that's not in their best interest. This is the scene in the first Avengers movie where Black Widow is completely mind fucking Loki. Mm-hmm. And he ends up revealing all this information, which is not in his best interests. Right. Because he's not supposed to, and yet she managed to make her persuade role in spades, because that's what those two do. Master manipulators face right. square off. Mm-hmm. Right. And she played against his arrogance and got the info. But mm-hmm. but that's that's how two people can get information that regardless of the fact that it's not as a best interest. In the real world, you torture people, I guess. That's how you get information. And then oftentimes, isn't that what happens? Inaccurate information. In D&D games, you know, how many times you catch a bandit and people are like, I threaten him with his life, or I, you know, I cut off his finger, tell us what we need to know. That seems to be the default. It it seems to me persuade roles need to tell you what level you need to go to to try to get the information. I think you're right. I think that's where it is. I mean, and it might might be something as simple as, hey, you know what? Um, You may not be able to buy this car for $30,000, but what if instead of a five-year loan, we give you a seven-year loan, mm-hmm. and if you're not good at math, 
And he said, <laughs> but it's going to make your payment, you know, three fifty a month rather than four fifty a month. So you can swing that, right? Yeah. That's not as bad. Three fifty, <laughs> you can handle three fifty. That's what they do, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, oh, that's great. And then you're like, wait, I'm going to pay so much more interest over the term. Right. Well, that, that's where <laughs> you, you fail your math roll. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, that's yes. where it's persuade versus roll. They will actually make <laughs> more money now, on now me in that long run. Ding. I but people do that. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, keep going. Oh, sorry. There's more. Um, Changing subjects is though. Wait. Yeah, next page. Oh yeah. Ah. By the end of the day, is that what the uh, is it what the GM and the group finds funny and have fun? So freedom of choice uh, always. That's a go- that's the golden rule, right? Changing subjects, I recently started listening to the Savage Cast podcast, and they just published an actual play. I do not like actual plays, to be honest, and I do not have the patience for hearing people roll dice without me rolling. Just me. Um, that was uh, the second time, the second one that I heard. The first one was the Ghostbusters with you guys. Fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Co- uh, comments apart, they just launched a funny one, episode 14, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars coming winter is <laughs> coming awesome. winter is <laughs> basically a Game of Thrones meets Star Wars recommended for adults sexual and Skywalker's incest content mm. alright uh, keep up the show as marvelous as it is guys drink MTF drink from your Yay. fan from Brazil Carlos P.S. Fortunately Brazil is growing in good brewery companies really great ones nice really Yep. That's what is that? That's like you know, we can't even hours. make it to Ortega <laughs> Highway. <laughs> <laughs> we keep talking about, oh yeah, one day we're gonna go to Ortega Highway and go up and down and get all go to all the breweries. Great. Oh yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, that will be. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, no, can't go baiting. Uh, thank you very much, Carlos. <laughs> A lesson learned from Fear the Con from Sergeant Dan. Who would like to read Sergeant Dan's email? Uh, I will. All right. Obi Studushi and the Jacker Knights at the Gamer Table. Greetings and salutations once again from the hinterlands of Johnson, Johnston, 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 Johnston County, North Carolina. Sergeant Dan reporting to give assessment and information. It was Lieutenant Dan. That's right. Although Lieutenant it. Dan may have been Sergeant Dan at some point. I think he might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First, the folk at Fear the Boot have announced the intended dates for Fear the Con 10 in St. Louis Mo. June 23rd and 24th, 2017, with Wing Night on June 22nd. What's Wing Night? Is that when they order wings? Or? Yes. Yeah. The social. Oh, it's exactly right. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but it's exactly what it is. You don't get together and play Wing Commander on Wing Night? Code. <laughs> uh, all of this is uh, contingent on the Kickstarter funding. The Kickstarter launch is this November. Look to Fear the Boot, episode 418 for initial details. And I'll put the link in the show notes. Boy, uh, you got a, you got stock in the company there? That's quite the ad. Second, <laughs> a bit of advice for running a con game. As y'all know, I'm running a superhero police drama game. One of the systems I'm using is Mutant City Blues. Mutant City Blues will be right back. <laughs> wow, Tareen Black. Nice. Right? <laughs> right? See? Again, another reference. Uh, Everybody else is like, what is that? It was my Hill Street no, Blues. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mutant City Blues powered by Gumshoe. Uh, not many people are familiar with this system, so with the character sheet, I have a player handout with a questionnaire and a list of relative skill and power descriptions for the character. Last time people were looking in the one rule book I have for descriptions and mechanics would slow the game at times to a crawl. I have attached one character sheet and a handout for their, their personal use. Thank you for the entertaining and informative podcast and actual plays. Semper Fi, Sergeant Dan, USMC. Uh, P.S. What would be a Happy Jack's email without a P.S.? <laughs> Answer... 
much shorter. <laughs> PPS drink. PPPS, be of good cheer. Churcher shall be running Traveler at Fear the Con 10. Yay, Yay Traveler. I actually just recently picked up a bubblegum shoe, which is intended to be like uh, using For a kids? gun. Yeah, well, actually, no. It's Good. meant to be like Veronica Mars, yeah. uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Basically, you're doing like mysteries I know, and it's stuff, a great, but it's a you're great. doing it in the high school thing. So that actually plays oh, into. I just realized what needs to happen. Go ahead and finish this. <laughs> well, no. So gumshoe is actually a really interesting system. So go ahead. Guar gumshoe. Guar, don't you? Guar? Like right, G-W-A-R? the band. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if that's what you meant. We could have the retirement. I saw Guar. We could have the retirement one with the ABC uh, already been chewed gumshoe. They're all just a bunch of old people that are all hey. One of the things that's cool about the gumshoe system is that, and uh, uh, oh, Time Watch was also based off this. But instead of like you having a a probability of role of, of of finding a clue or something like that it basically says you will find it oh, yeah. but it, it determines how successful you are at it like it may take you x amount of time as opposed to y it may have a cost associated with finding the info but it basically makes the presumption saying that if you're looking for something you're going to find it but there will be issues associated with it, and the issues are what you are what you're rolling against. Right. We've discussed that numerous times, and it's a game changer. It's a game changer for me. It's like because we're just in the habit, I guess we used to be, of there's a secret door that leads to the big bad. Everybody roll perception. If nobody gets it, it used to be that we would just uh, guess they don't go to the secret door anymore. Well, now you've stopped the game. That's the bottleneck for the game. If that's a bottleneck, just make them open the door. Make them find the door. And I, we really sort of were inspired by Gumshoe on that. What's going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm pontificating over here. You guys are all... We're selfieing. Blah, blah, blah. And I know I keep uh, talking I can about that the game. Button, but, uh, <laughs> He's the default volume. There you go. Well, that's okay. Let them... Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, 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 we can talk. So one of the things I found very interesting about the, the Bastards game, because, again, I, I keep going to it, but it was very revealing because I was very... I don't want to say surprised, but I was... Taken by the fact that you were the person who really wanted to basically work out the clues, and in every game, that's something that you're doing. And I realize that that is that's a storkism. It is a storkism, and it's I never also, noticed it. Also, you made him the lawyer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting to see you like put the pieces together, and like you weren't even necessarily rolling dice. You were like watching you work the problem. Well, you, my one superpower is being able to quote the law, and it does happen. That, so in fact, that, you can get wow. shot in the chest well, and silky walking. But there's, there's that, but that's the secret one that no one's really supposed to know about until now. <laughs> you got zapped twice <laughs> we, we, we by Professor Challenger. <laughs> we figured out I got stabbed by day. Bill, and yeah. I got shot by, by Chris. Yeah. yeah, but And I stole your wallet. That's oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think you just told me to give it to you, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you will Spengali. pay for Spengali's bar town. But anyway, that's, that's mostly was informed by the character. I was trying to find something to grab onto, and I'm like, oh, he's a lawyer. Everything has to be falls into place. So that was. Otherwise, I would have just been killing people left and right, like Bill's doing. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> Anyway, I'm actually thinking. I don't know if this year, but I was rather than going to Gen Con. Although I don't, I don't follow it. Oh come on, I'm going to Gen Con. Are you? I, well, I was thinking about going to Let's Fear the Con. Together. We say that every year. I was thinking about going to Fear the Con. Okay, you should go to Fear Fear the Con because then you, there's not that mad rush for hotel rooms yep. and all that shit. Yeah, there's plenty of rooms though. For it's not like 
Okay, it's I, I, I come at this from a completely different perspective because I'm used to like being in ridiculous costumes that I can only travel two blocks in, so I have to find a hotel room in exactly two blocks of the con. Right. So well, for me, it's like Gen Con. I could be miles away. I could take a cab. I can take oh, Uber. Oh, you take Uber, right. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I can fit in a car. It'll be great. <laughs> Sorry. So. Well, the way Gen Con does it, in case you didn't know, is that mm-hmm. they do have the hotel lottery, so you may yeah. actually get the... The registration, but then you, you know, it's this big wait to get your hotel, and so you may get it. it, it theoretically, it's a lottery. I, I don't know if wow, it really is, but really it's like terrible. so. You could be right next to it, or you could be thirty minutes away. You, you have no idea. Although I had not thought about using like Lyft or Uber. Yeah, that would make it. That's very what a lot simple. of my friends do for I, Gen Con. I hate having to find parking and all that yeah. kind of crap. A group of friends of mine, they the. Two years ago, when I went to Gen Con, uh, they Airbnb'd it. Yeah, you know, they basic and they had a whole house and it was like six bedrooms and and just whole and they were just driving in and out and Mm -hmm. and they actually had driven there on a rental car, which Mm -hmm. they later told me that parking was a pain, but they paid maybe a fraction of what they were at at a Gen Con hotel as an option. Mm -hmm. (coughs) I think you should go to Fear the Con. Just rent a camp. I think both. Yeah. You need to go Both to Big would Bad be great, Con. But you could leave yeah. your house twice in the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think Fear the Con would be awesome. It would. Awesome. It would. That'd be really fun. So I'd like to hang out with those guys. Although, if right? they're running a con, they're probably too busy to hang out with them. I know. So. It's okay. the week after Origins. So well, I was going to go back to his email thing here. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, your whole idea about the rules is spot on. When I do the Freak Show game, I have like a little bit of stuff... Uh, Character backstory, but also some of the rules in these binders that I have, and I also make those player maps. Remember when we did Inukai? I made yeah. player maps. Those are great. Uh, it's a little mat that sits down and has some of the things you can do because you forget. You, and mm-hmm. if you're, it's a new system, especially, you don't know what you can and uh-huh. can't do. Yep. So whenever I do a Savage Worlds game, I have a little player mat, and it says, you know, how try a group attack, try this, and players are constantly looking at it and looking at and or looking at this kind of rule summary that's in their character folders. It's a really great idea. It just is. giving them options. And I think with the vampire game, mm-hmm. Tim made a little cheat sheet for us as well. Yes, like what things cost or what, oh, what nice. things go together so that it streamlines it. Because you're right. If you only have you, one book... Did you make those? It can be, it can be rough. Yes. The cheat sheets? With no, the, no, no. Tim laminated? made those. Oh, Tim I did? Okay. Um, uh, real quickly yeah. in the chat room, a Joey Crack 00 negative says, Boo earns, I say to Dave77, don't cut uh, out create an advantage or compels. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I read it for oh. you. He's well actually him on Facebook. Oh, wow. yeah, no, that's a Because <laughs> I was going to say, Fate actually makes a really nice one sheet. Also, we should go to Origins, too. I said. <laughs> I didn't cut that. <laughs> actually, no, again, we can talk about it, but I didn't cut it. It was just a mechanic that never came up in uh. Like the first game, we were all learning dice, mm-hmm. <laughs> how to roll the dice. It's a then it curve. became the aspects, yeah. and I think the next game we will learn how to create an advantage. Okay. It's not a problem. I just no. think that if you know, because it's everybody at the table, well, no, it, no, we were all, <laughs> myself included, it's me, not it's you. We're slow learning. We're all learning, learning as you're going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and so you know. You, we could. I could have sat there saying, "Well, you could create it in blah blah blah," or and, I could. And now the game goes into a ten-minute discussion about what the hell that means. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, we you know picked up on the rules we had. So you're absolutely right. Fate includes creating the advantage. Creating and that advantage will, is a superpower. As as God is my it's witness, awesome. we're going to try to do that the next time we do that. In between, <laughs> Bill killing people. <laughs> Kimmy getting a glass of champagne <laughs> and Sven Gali finding a way to rob other people, you know, <laughs> right. to get a free tuxedo and free <laughs> stuff. Right. 
So there you go. Uh oh. What? Do you have cash? For what? Did you leave? I cash heard. In the house? Yeah. Don't you hear ice cream? The ice cream truck is yeah, here. Yeah. Because I'm like. Oh, they know where they got money. They, okay. Because okay, they'll come in. Because usually they come. Uh, well, Sixty seconds and in. say, "Can we Allie, have ice cream?" There's a there's a jar of quarters when Allie was taking the bus. Oh, uh, okay. She's not taking the bus anymore, and the jar is almost full. Okay. So I wonder if they'll think about that. I don't nothing about. We'll see. Or they might <laughs> convince him. Did I tell you what she did with the the grocery? Are you sure you want to tell the whole world about? Oh it? no, this is hysterical. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the grocery. There's a um, like a. Like fresh it's a, direct or something? No, no it's like a, it, it comes. It comes by yeah, neighborhood. It's, I'm sure. it's sort of like this uh, on wheels produce. They sell a lot of candy, there. but they also sell like corn and some produce and, they, and stuff. But and they go to like local farms somewhere and they sell. I mean, it's all like usual stuff that you'd buy: tomatoes and potatoes and onions and like bananas. a farmer's market on wheels. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's just a, just a little step back. So they're coming along, and the kids always want to go out and get candy because they come out and they go da 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 da. They hit their horn, and the kids and they, and they said, "We can get candy." I said, "No." You had candy yesterday when it was by yesterday. You can't get it today. Okay. They go outside. They go up and they start talking to the... I can see them through the window. You go talking to the, the, the woman in the step van. And then Allie comes over and she starts pulling lemons off the tree. Because we have a lemon tree in her front yard. <laughs> she bartered. She pulls a bunch of lemons off. Who runs Bottom Town? Runs back over. <laughs> Gives her the lemons. She gets candy. Zachary gets candy. Then the woman starts handing her cash. What? <laughs> And I'm like, Allie, would you just sell the lemons? Yeah, she wanted 25, but I told her I wanted a dollar each. And I said, that's too high. She said, yeah, she goes, we settled at 50 cents. Nice. <laughs> Who run Bartertown? <laughs> sold them lemons for 50 cents. That's a amazing. Life gives you lemons, sell them to the soldier. <laughs> wow. Anywhere. That's super and proud of her. And, be, and to be fair, I mean, I have a lemon tree too. It's like you really only need like one lemon a week. That's like if you're using uh-huh. a lemon a lot. I mean, for the most part, you just throw them at the neighbors. Because what are you going to do with, you know, you do with <laughs> 300 lemons? Yeah. You, you don't need, unless you're like making lemonade, <laughs> right. you don't need that many. And even then, there's, yeah. Limoncello. Thoughts on the drow ambush and a question about variety in RPGs from Daniel. Let me just say this is the, the email. We had about an ambush in it. Someone was running a, oh, a, a, oh, yeah. a pre-published adventure. A follow-up email. Yeah, yeah. And, this, and this is someone talking about that specific thing. And it was we, were, we talked a little bit about trying to set up an ambush or capture people specifically. I think is what it was about. Go ahead. Who's going to? Who has I'll do it. Or do you want to do it? Go for it, sir. Okay. Thoughts on the drow ambush and a question about ah. variety in RPGs from Daniel. Hey, douchebags. I finally caught up after several months of listening to your backlog. I wanted to respond to Kurt's complaint in episode 18-1 by saying that, yeah, your GM is being a goof doing what they did. This sounds nearly identical, and probably is, the start of season 3's campaign, Out of the Abyss, for 5e D&D. That's a shame because the actual campaign itself was a lot of fun for me and my players when we did it. The thing is, the book explicitly does not want you to start with the ambush. You're supposed to have everyone make characters with the full knowledge that they were captured by Drow and start the game in prison. Oops. One of the questions we asked at the start was, how were you captured rather than roll it out? in media res. Yes. <laughs> right. Your GM made a probably well-meaning but amateur mistake. They thought it would be cool and a movie-like and movie-like to show the ambush by rolling it out even though the premise is that you're caught, so there's really no tension there. Pulling that off without losing player interest would require a level of <coughs> subtlety and manipulation that isn't worth the effort. I've been 
it's been my experience that players would rather die than get caught. <laughs> players will quite literally kill themselves than be taken off to you know be interrogated somewhere. So you're like, Probably you're pretty much frequently. you're pretty yeah. much entering into a no win situation. It's the Kobayashi Maru. Yep. Okay. On to my question. <laughs> I've played in a decent number of games now and have listened to more actual plays than I can count. What I've noticed is that nearly all of them are comedies and little else. Granted, I enjoy a good laugh, (laughs) but I feel like Stu in that, like Star Trek, there's some dark, disturbing reality hidden underneath it. Right? Sometimes I feel like I'm in some nightmare realm where slapstick humor is the only form of communication in games. Sure, you guys love to crack jokes, see Nosferatu comedian, Ventru capitalist, etc. But you also have tension, camaraderie, and you can usually feel the stakes in the story. Stakes. <laughs> stakes. Stakes. stakes in the story? Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was a vampire. It's hilarious. Uh, I originally threw a ton of podcasts under the bus for being the shit parade they are, but realized my email is getting a bit long, so let's get to the question, shall we? How do we encourage more experiences than just comedy in our games as a GM or player? It's definitely not as simple as stating it's going to be such and such kind of game as a GM because I've joined many of those that ended up with nothing but dick jokes. Yay, dick jokes after two (laughs) sessions. Thank you for reading my ranty email and, of course, drink. Oh, and P.S. Thank you, Gina, for reading my email ages ago about how to win at RPGs. Awesome. All right. This is a problem. Um, we we a lot of people end up being comedians, and, it, and the games can get really funny really fast, especially if people get really drinky. Um, That's true. That's true. And yeah. sometimes when things get awkward and tension. People make jokes to break the tension, and that's not what you want. Absolutely. But that's almost human nature, almost all the time. Didn't you talk about this like two podcasts ago? We, we talk about it. We sometimes tread over the same ground, but well, this is this the, is a slightly that was different part spin. of the horror, how to yeah. create right, the right, horror, right, yeah. the right, tension. Yeah. yeah, I think part of that too is the group of friends we have uh, are lots of funny people. It is, but we so tend you're to trying to see those. We tend like, to stay on target, though. But Stork, Stork can, Stork could take a game and make it into a slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. But like the vampire game, he no. does not do that. No, he can you can shut it off. But if you wanted to, you, we could start. I could say, okay, we're in a horror game, and next thing you know, it's Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, but. Well, I think I think it takes the the, the I, I think it's okay to tell the players, hey, I'm going for this kind of a, a feel. Mm-hmm. Then you reinforce it with your own actions as the GM. But I think if you ha- let the players know ahead of time, if everyone shows up, oh, okay, we're going to be playing a game, da, 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 and you're trying to like make it this really dark, intense thing. I think you need to clue the players into that ahead of time, yeah. Because then they'll help reinforce that. You'll sit down and say, "Okay, blah 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 blah," or however you're going to do it. Not like that, because it just makes people laugh. Yeah. But and then the other players who are willing to buy into that are going to buy into that, and the the one cut up guy at some point is probably going to kind of get a little deflated. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess. If no one around the table is buying in, well, that's the, the other thing. Or... Sometimes players, other players, would you just shut the hell up? We need to talk to this guy, and which right? Is, and yeah, which involves the other players not going along to be cut ups as well. Right. I think uh, 
coming back to the the Ghostbusters game, which the, was mentioned in a previous email, you did a really great job. Like we went crazy slapstick with that, but then at um, one point, um, like uh, we were at Disneyland, we went in the, the haunted mansion, and then. <laughs> Like shit got real, right? And I just remember like that moment. Super disturbing stuff. Super happens, right? disturbing Call of Cthulhu oh stuff God. was happening in you know the haunted mansion. So it was like, ha, 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 ha. oh, and like you could seriously see everyone around the table go, oh, this this is a game we're playing now. Okay, right. So I mean, those ca- moments can happen in a game. It takes a lot of like work on the GM's part um, so you can kind of course correct I think and we didn't change our characters it was still sort of slapsticky but it changed oh yeah at that moment it completely changed um, and uh, so I think I think you can bring those moments back but I think you're right on both of you on the clear communication whether it's from the GM ahead of time saying this is what I want or and even taking people's side you know I'm glad that you want to play, you know, Elmer Fudd. Please do it in another game, you know, or like what you were talking about with the other characters being like, "Hey, like, this is what we're doing." Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> um, there is there is some stuff you can do to mitigate that. I think mm-hmm. uh, Stu has brought it up before, which is meet a little earlier than you planned a game. That way, people can meet and greet mm-hmm. and drink and talk and get it out of their system. Mm-hmm. And then when yeah. you start the game, you say, "All right, guys, focus. We're going to start gaming now." And then now you've set the mood. Mm-hmm. You can also encourage other players to like, "All right, this guy's this guy's walking through this tunnel, <laughs> making a lot of loud noise. When he, he could be attracting monsters." You're like, "You know, hey, shut up!" You know, you can you can sort of self mitigate some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it does take the GM kind of being aware. I, I would, I would not go with it or get guys. Come on, stop. We need to focus. Stop that. Don't, don't be the teacher. But short of that, I think encouraging people to uh, not. I'm just kidding. Not that it's, it's being fine. the parent. How's that? It's <laughs> <laughs> but, but short of that, um, trying to trying to keep it serious is is it can be important because otherwise the game gets. I think not fun. And you, if you're trying to run a serious game. You have to make violence serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, it, I mean, if, like, if you imagine if, I don't know, suddenly one of the kids runs in and says, Zachary just cut his wrist with a, with a knife or something like that. Mm-hmm. The, you, know, the, you think about what would transpire amongst the people here as in the course of that happening. Right. There's no joking around. No. Mm-hmm. You, there's no time for joking around. People are freaked out. None of us there's would say, did he go this way? Because he'll be all right. All right, let's keep going. Nobody would say that. Exactly. But in, right. your, but in people's games, people say, did he go crossways or did he go up and down? I'd, I'd like mm-hmm. to know because otherwise I'm not doing anything. That's People don't do that. No. Mm-mm. No. And, and, they, and you have to, like, if, like if, you're, if you're, you're playing a game and there's an ambush and someone gets shot, mm-hmm. describe, describe what the bullet does to them. And describe the blood well, coming out. The uh, hit an artery, and you have to hold it down. And the people are screaming, and the guy who's shot is on the ground, and it's this incessant. Oh my god! Oh, oh, and well, all I, of those things. I think as the MC, the GM, you're you do a lot to set the tone when you do that. Yeah. yeah. And you, how you react, and how you maybe react to somebody not responding in a way that's, you know, like not on tone or not mm-hmm. fitting. And make consequences genre. real. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. He hits you, you take a point of damage, as opposed to he hits you, blood comes out, it hurt a lot. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and now he's looking at you like, uh oh. Your jaw is you dislocated. Yeah. 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 Do both those, those things. Those are two different, two different things. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, I think you can kind of head it off at the past, too, and we've talked about this before, too. Um, have, you know, have them make their characters and look over the characters before, you know, you start the campaign. Like, so you you're saying I, should, I shouldn't have let the, 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 the midget comedian in? <laughs> I think that ended up working very well with the game, but that first session, it was a little weird. But it, it, and you haven't made him do his comedy show again, though. <laughs> it's oh, I true. Should, huh? I mean, in the long run, it can be great, but you know, you're also willing to have that that like leeway. Like, there's a lot of vampire campaigns that probably would not be interested in having a character like that at the table. So that's also something that that's true. you know. So, but that would even though you can't always tell from a character sheet what the character will totally be like, like at the table and what they're going to say and what they're going to do, having you know that hint of. Oh, he's been doing comedy shows on the island for, you know, centuries now, and this is his favorite thing, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, mmm, that might not fit with the vibe. There's one other question I need to ask, though, Mm -hmm. which is, are his players having fun? Right. Because if they are having fun, why problem make with no problem you have? It's just your perception. Maybe you think you want the games to be more serious, but if your players are having a good time, then I don't think I would worry about it. In the backyard, yes. Only in the backyard. We're about done. So, um, in a way, if your players are having fun, then let them let them do what they want to do. Maybe that's their game style. Maybe and mm-hmm. and that's and, and if you want to run a serious game, then you can change it to a system that has you know much worse con- yeah. consequences. Really can shake you up. Like when we did the first Savage Worlds fantasy game, and suddenly people were. <laughs> Getting getting attacked as they're trying to withdraw. Oh, uh, oh yeah. There were people the gang up rules are, t- are just vicious. Yeah, suddenly like a group of skeletons, it got real, real fast. Yeah. We were like, oh no. Or if you're playing Traveler or something where you're like, you know, one shot, one kill kind of thing, you're like, uh, people were, people suddenly spend a lot more time thinking about their consequences, thinking about their actions. It makes They only have to lose concerned. one character to learn that lesson. That's all it takes. <laughs> or have somebody get re- hurt really bad. Right. Um, yeah. Consequences, man. Mm-hmm. Let the punishment fit the crime. Are we good? Okay. I think we're good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Was that, right. Did you do the Mikado just now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> my dog is really annoyed. All right. We'll, we'll end. <laughs> my dog's like, please get me away from this puppy. Feeling good. Anthem time. Feeling strong. All right. Anthem. Thank you for joining us for Season 18, Episode 5 of Happy Chuck's Revolution Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Stork. I'm Dave77. This is Gina. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific. Friday. Time change. We also have a game tomorrow if you want to watch it live on Twitch or on YouTube. That's at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. The remote mode. Then there's a Tuesday game and you're doing a Thursday thing? No, it's no, Thanksgiving. Not, yeah. Or, no. yeah, not this week, the week after that. Okay. And I've talked to you about that. It's every other week, right? Yeah. And that's it. Thank you very much for leaving the song. Yep.
one was the jug of punch. A small bird sat on an ivy bunch, and the song he sang was the jug of punch. What more diversion can a man desire than to sit him down by an old peat fire? Upon his knee a pretty wench, and upon the table a jug of punch. Money's me own, and then don't like it can leave me alone. I'll tune me fiddle and I'll rosin me bow, and I'll be welcome wherever I go. With a jug of punch at my head and feet. Just lay me down in me native beat. With a jug of punch at my head and feet. Just lay me down in me native beat. With a jug of punch at my head and feet. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire.